Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. As we get our Bibles open, let's get ready to pray and thank the Lord. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for Jesus and we thank you for your spirit who leads us to Christ to see him to savor him to enjoy him but we also thank you for your word just now may we see Jesus in the midst of it for your glory we pray God's children said wonderful this is what it says in second chronicles chapter 20 verse 15 it said um, listen all you people of Judah and Jerusalem listen King Jehoshaphat this is what the Lord says Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Keeping in mind that they were surrounded. They were about to go down. They were outnumbered, and they knew not what to do. There was a sense of despair until they fixed their eyes on God. And then this prophetic word came. Verse 16, tomorrow march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow for the Lord is with you. This sounds counterintuitive for a call to be put out when you're faced with significant opposition to not do anything. Just go out there and stand firm. God's going to take care of it. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshipping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. What did they do? They praised. That's all they did with a very loud shout. Not a little whisper, but a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Watch this. This is really important. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. Believe. 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 How we save? By believing. How are we set free? By believing. How do we live and experience the fullness of our freedom? By believing. It's all by faith. It's all by faith. It's not worked that hard. It's just accepted. When God says it, we believe it. And that settles it. So here we see, and as we read on, I talked about this last week, they just believed, they stood, they just praised God. And as they praised, there was a mass confusion in the opposition. They destroyed one another. And God's people stood victorious by faith. But what happens when God gives a word and we don't believe? What happens in the moment where God gives us a promise, but we doubt him? That's what I want to talk about today. So please, if you can, with your Bibles open, let's go back a little bit to Numbers chapter 13. I want to go across two chapters. Many of us will be familiar with it. 
I'm not going to read through it all. I'm just going to kind of pass on and stop at certain spots. But we need to start off at, at the beginning of Numbers, chapter 13. It says, Now the Lord said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Is that a promise? Important. It's a promise. And God's promises are true. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out 12 men. As we stop there, out of the 12 men that were sent from the 12 tribes to scout out the land, who knows of any names? What names come to mind? Joshua, Caleb. Okay, everyone's calling out Joshua and Caleb. It's interesting that we remember the two that came back with the good report. No one, I didn't hear anybody name, nobody mentioned, nobody remembered the 10 that gave the bad report. So we know this story to be the story, the passage where these scouts went out, 10 came back with a bad report, two came back with a good report, a praise report, a worthy report, a faith-filled report, but that wasn't the report of the other 10. And we will see as we read on what happens to those that function in unbelief. So we read on. Let's go down now. We see a list from verse 4 through to verse 15, who those names were. We won't go into them all just now. Verse 16, actually, uh, let's stop there. These are the names of the men that Moses sent out to explore the land. One of those names was Hoshea at the time, but it says here, Moses called Hoshea, son of Nun, by the name of Joshua. So at that point, Hoshea was given a new name. Hoshea, which means salvation. Joshua was given that name, but God is salvation. When we read the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament, it's, it's often easy for us to miss out Jesus. But here we see Joshua is a type of Jesus, a type of Christ. He shadows Christ. The name Joshua means God is salvation. And the Greek version of Joshua is what? It's Jesus. That Yeshua is Jesus. God is salvation. When we read the Bible, we see Joshua as a type of Christ. Joshua gave a good report with Caleb. We're going to see that. A good report, a faith-filled report, and led the people into victory. That's what Jesus does for us. Keeping in mind they were coming from slavery and looking for the promised land. Slavery. Slavery. Egypt. Isn't that where we've come from? But we are being led by Christ into the promised land. And he calls for us to dwell there. Let's read on. He says, the instructions were this. Go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak. Few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Verse 20, is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops that you see. It happened to be the season for harvesting the first ripe grapes. 
Verse 23 says, When they came to the valley of Eshol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. They also brought back samples of the pomegranates and figs. That place was called the valley of Eshol, which means cluster, because of the cluster of grapes that the Israelite men cut there. So they were sent out to get a report, to bring back some samples. They came back with some delicious spoils of the land. But then it says this, After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. Verse 27, this is really important for us now. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But, my Bible, in verse 28, I've circled the word but. So they're coming to give a great report. However, the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and the Amorites, they all live there in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. Verse 30, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So we see a conflicting report right there. Remember, what was the promise? The land was theirs. Moses said, go out and check it out. Tell us what it's like. Don't tell us if it's ours or not. It's ours because God says it's ours so we can put it in the bank. So we see 10 and 2 come back with differing reports, not of what was good on the other side by way of fruit, by way of affluence, by way of prosperity, but by way of opposition. They both, in effect, saw very similar things. But there was conflict. Ten responded with fear, and two responded with faith. If you're taking notes, please write this down always err on the side of faith allow no fear place in your heart always err on the side of faith allow fear no place in your heart have you ever come to a stage of your life that God's given you a promise he's shown you a glimpse beyond the curtain and what immediately rises in you is, but we can't. I can't. It won't happen. It doesn't look right. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I, I, I have no idea. How am I going to conquer that? How am I going to finish that? How am I going to possibly achieve that, Lord? You've, you, you, I know you've said it, but it possibly can't happen. And what happens then is fear starts to rise up in our hearts. I'd also submit that we see in accordance to what's within anyway. We know that what is in the heart the mouth declares, but I'll also pose that what's in our heart affects how we see. 
So how healthy is our heart? Because the 10 that brought back a report didn't talk about God. They talked about what they couldn't do. But we just read Caleb. He knows. We got this. They knew God's promises. Always err on the side of faith. If you're ever in doubt, err on the side of faith. If it's ever in question, don't just say, I don't think so. Say, no, God can. It's because it's so insurmountable that God can. It's because it's unattainable in the natural that God can. God's not interested here in asking the people, hey, um, let me know if this is possible or not. He's already said that it's possible. He said it's theirs. Moses sent them out to get the job done, not find out if it could be done. But a fear-based position is a dangerous one. Be careful of fear. The little gremlin that can sometimes weave its way into our hearts because when we base our decisions on fear, we make bad decisions. In moments of our life where we don't see and we're petrified, we're overwhelmed, we're scared, we're apprehensive and fear is strong, in there be very careful what decisions you make in those moments that's even more so a time to open up this great book and see what god has said take it to the closet and say lord i know it looks like this but i trust you nonetheless yet i will praise you man i've had to chew on that the last few days as a preacher, you got to not just preach what you practice, you got to practice what you preach. I've been chewing that sermon from last week up all week in my life. Isn't God so good? I remember this facility it was an old shell of a building. It was an old pharmaceuticals company that ran from here a number of years ago. We were, our con Malaga congregation was based down the road in a building half the size. And we had a word from God about moving and having a community style facility that could share with other churches. That was sitting in, in, in here in my heart. And we eventually took some faith steps with selling that building. We sold the building for $2.15 million, which was 500,000 more than what they'd initially offered. That's another story. 2.15 million, that building. We signed a six month lease to stay on there, not knowing where we were going to go. And then this facility, this property opened up. To cut a long story short, we eventually bought this facility for $2.375 million. <laughs> a couple of hundred thousand more. Much better location. Twice the size. So much more accessible. So much more prominent. All from a promise of God. Now what happens if we as a church congregation, we allowed fear to creep in? What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Oh no! That's a bit of a stupid move. Isn't it? Surely. Faith rarely looks intelligent. 
faith moves really looks smart. Faith moves us into the God realm. What has God spoken to you? What has he shown you? What has he said to you? By his spirit, may you be propelled into the unknown, into the uncharted. But it's rocky. It's shaky. It's dangerous. Yes. Make yourself comfortable. If you want to get the fruit of faith, you've got to get out on that limb where that limb can be a bit shaky, but then you can grab that fruit. What has he said to you? What has he shown to you? What has it been loud? What has it been quiet? What has he tucked away in your heart? Maybe it's been years or even decades hidden there. Don't give it up. Why? Because with God, all things are possible. All things are possible with God. Without the mark or the mess, how can we see the miracle? Without the sickness, how can we celebrate the healing? Without the death and destruction, how can we see the life and restoration? These moments in our life where it seems like it's down and out is just an opportunity for God to show up. He wants to show off. You know that, don't you? So let him. Trust him. Praise him. And don't give up. Always err on the side of faith. Faith is no friend of fear, and neither is God. That's why he tells us to fear not. Verse 31 says, But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we fell like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. That's what they thought too. So they spread like a virus, like a cancer, this fear, throughout the whole camp. They spread all this fear porn around the whole nation and people chewed it up. That's what fear will do. It will chew you up. They were, were responsible for spreading it. So they themselves were sent out, then they saw, then they spoke, and they spread the bad news, the bad report. Like Chinese whispers, it was going around in camp. Have you ever played a game of Chinese whispers before? It's like it starts here, then it goes there, and it changes, and it mutates into something so incredibly disgusting. So imagine these Chinese whispers are being spread. They don't have they don't have Twitter or Facebook where it comes directly from the spy. It's going to go word of mouth. They're this big. That's this big. The next wolf. Are you kidding? Remember, fear is creeping in and it's festering. Oh, it's this big. They're this big. And as, as the Chinese whispers pass that, it, have you seen how big they are? We've heard all about it. This is crazy. We're all going to die. And as they 
submitted their hearts to fear, they could not dwell in the realm of faith. Where though they know what God had done for them in the past and what God had said to them, they took their eyes off that. May we never take our eyes off God. Never take our eyes off Him. Always trust Him. Always have faith. Always believe. Then the whole community began weeping loud in verse 1 of chapter 14. They cried all night. Verse 3, why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? We want to go back into slavery. Christians, at times, we get a sense for what God has for us, the promised land. And then we say, oh, no, I, I just want to go back to my old way. I want to go back to those decisions, what I knew, what I was familiar with. I want to go back into slavery where I'm dominated. I'm living under death and destruction. I don't care. At least I'm familiar with it because at least I'm not going to be destroyed where God's going to hand me over to a miserable life. Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back there to Egypt. Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Verse 6 says, Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua the son of Nun, notice his name here is Joshua, not Hoshea anymore, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, The land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land, and if the Lord is pleased with us, He will bring us safely into the land that, and will give it to us. It's a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless. Pray to us. They're like bread to us. I don't care what they look like. They're bread. We will eat them for breakfast. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. We can go on and read, even though they said that, the whole community then rallied against those two. They wanted to have them stoned, not stoned. They wanted to pick up stones and stone them. They wanted to kill them. They couldn't handle it. Yet it was only a minority of the scouts that got it right. Be very, very, very careful what narrative you listen to. Don't be seduced by false narratives because your flesh craves it. Your flesh craves false narratives. Your flesh, the sinful nature, it craves what is false, what is not true. There is something in us. Though our spirit says believe what is true, our flesh says believe what is not. Be careful what narrative you listen to. We were sold a narrative up until recently. Maybe we're still living in it. A narrative that says there is this worldwide virus that's going to kill us. And we've all got to bow the knee to the God of fear. And we all better get vaccinated really quickly. Otherwise, we're going to die. 
and we're all going to shut up our shops and close down our churches and we've got to check if people are uh, check if they're vaccinated or not otherwise we're going to die and we need to separate those that have been vaccinated from those that are not i remember one time going to a restaurant sitting outside and on principle i refused to tell them if i was vaccinated or not that's none of your business I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you, we, we can't serve you. Maybe you can get someone to do takeaway for you. I thought, I'm like, is that what we've come to? Is that what we've come to? I'm less interested about if you're vaccinated or not. But as a church, we were very clear on this. We will not allow that to divide us. We will not bow to the pressure. We will not succumb to fear. That's not who we are. There is no place for fear in the hearts of God's people. It is just so remarkable to me how quickly we all bow the knee to fear as a nation. See what fear can do? It is destructive. It is, it is so infectious and we've got to put a stop to it. There is no place for fear in our heart. May that never happen again. May we never allow, may we never be on the side of, yeah, I'm going to separate myself from you. For wrong reasons we're god's people the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy in john 10 it tells us but jesus i have come to give you life are you still with me don't be seduced by false narratives even if they they appear as godly They might even say it's godly. In the last days, more and more of it will happen. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 to 5 says, For a time is coming when people no longer listen, listen to narratives. They will listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. But I want to go back to Egypt. No, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out, carry out the ministry that God has given you. Luke chapter 8 and verse 18 Jesus says, pay attention to how you hear. It's very important what narratives we allow into our ears because it ends up in our hearts. Jesus says, be careful how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. Mark chapter 4, verse 24, pay, clo pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you'll be given and you'll receive even more. When we come into faith with Christ, we get, can I borrow your, I'm not going to wear it. This is, this is a, uh, I borrowed Yvonne's glasses last week. I'm borrowing a hearing aid today. When we come to faith, it's like we get a holy hearing aid. 
you know, we receive the Holy Spirit who helps us incredibly. We have something that the world does not. We can hear better. We can hear clearer. And Jesus says, I've given you what you need. Just put it on. You, you don't need to listen to that report. You don't need to listen to that narrative. You don't need to buy into all that nonsense. Let me help you first. I will show you. I will guide you into all truth. I'll tell you what's right and what's not. So put it on. Put it on. Turn it on. And can I also say that when we all, we all don't hear the same straight away. We've got to learn how to grow in this. How does the Holy Spirit speak? What does he sound like? Open the Bible and practice the presence of Jesus. I love that you're listening to me, but you know there's a much better, sweeter, more uh, accurate, loving voice than me. And that's his voice. Get to know his voice. So what are you allowing into here? And what's affecting this? Here's something that might help someone. You know, what you think you don't have to believe. Just because you think it doesn't mean you have to believe it. I think all sorts of crazy things all the time. That I can tell you. Sometimes it's an absolute circus going on in this stuff. Even right now, I'm thinking about a million different things I can say, but I just won't. I don't, <laughs> things I'm thinking about, some of you, I won't believe it necessarily. I'm going to turn my Holy Spirit hearing aid up. You don't have to believe everything that you think. And these spies were hearing and they entertained a narrative which affected their future. Final point is choose carefully what you believe today because your tomorrow depends on it. Choose carefully what you believe today because your tomorrow depends on it. You will never inherit the fullness of God's goodness. Never. By doubting his promises today. You've got to accept them. You've got to believe them. Let's read on. After some prayer that Moses has with God who has had enough of these people, and you can read there in chapter 14, he's like, how long do I have to put up with these people? After all that I've done for them, they still doubt me? Well, Moses goes into a time of intercession and he says, Lord, please, according to your love, according to your goodness, not according to them that they're good. That's how we should petition with God. We say, Lord, according to your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercy, your compassion, according to you and your character, not me, Lord, would you save these people? But then what happens is the Lord says, I will pardon them as you have requested. One version might say, according to your word. So we take God at his word, but do you know he takes us in accordance with our faith and our prayer? He deals with us based on where we're at. That's what he says. As you have requested, I will pardon them. But as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that land. Verse 24, he says, but my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me. So I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Verse 28. God says, tell Israel this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will all drop dead in this wilderness. 
because you complained against me. Every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land, I swore to you. The only exceptions will be Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. So in accordance to the faith or the fear of the people, their inheritance was realized or lost. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 27, as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, Have mercy on a son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. I wonder if Jesus, go back a second. I wonder if the Lord is saying that to anyone here today. Do you believe I can do this? Do you believe? Do you believe? Thank you. Next one. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. According to your faith. See how God works in accordance with our faith? Our faith. What? What is the faith that you have in your heart? Or is there fear that's there? What narratives have you been listening to? What have you been holding on to? What have you listened to and tucked away into your heart? And is it time to just give it over to God? One of the most common lies they say that people tend to tell themselves. It's really interesting. One of the common lies people tell themselves is, if I won that cash prize, it'll change my life. How many people have thought that before? Man, I sat on that one for years. If I just won lotto, if I just won that really fast car, I'd sell it for money and then i that's one of the most commonly believed lies because that doesn't fix it, does it? Sometimes we take on messages from childhood, things that have been spoken over us, things that we've told ourselves. Even as Christians, there are very many lies we take on and we believe. Here are some of them. I'm alone. I'm not accepted. If only I was like this person. I can do it all by myself. What I have to say is actually not that important. I don't have authority for that. I'm not qualified. God would never use someone like me for something like that. I need to do better to be better. Have you ever told yourself any of those lies before? As the musicians come, please. What lies have you told yourself and what lies have you accepted? What lies have you believed? What are you still sitting on right now? Let's compare that to some of what God says. What about some of his promises? Would you like to hear some of the great promises from the Bible? I'll run through them. There are just so many, but I've just got a handful here today. God always keeps his promises. That's the first one. Always keeps his promises. God created us and he knows us. God chose us. God is always with us. God never forgets us. 
God watches over our lives and keeps us from harm. God has plans to prosper us and give us hope. God strengthens us and he helps us. God fights for us. God rewards us when we love our enemies. God is kind and he cares for us. God always teaches and guides us. God is our hiding place and our refuge. God keeps us safe while we sleep. God protects us from the evil one. God provides a way out of temptation. God comforts us. God keeps us in peace. God exalts the humble. God meets all our needs. God gives us rest. God always forgives us when we confess to him. God gives us eternal life. God gives us victory over death. One of the great promises I also love is that Jesus Christ himself is yes to all of God's promises. Can we stand up together? I want a time of just waiting in his presence now. Maybe you can do it if you're streaming in at the moment, but I want some time in his presence and ask the Holy Spirit to show us lies that we have believed about ourselves, about our future. Lies about the fortified cities that we can't take. What lies has someone else told you and you've just accepted? And would you be willing for the Holy Spirit to show you a different narrative? Choose carefully what you believe today because your tomorrow depends on it. Choose, decide, intend to believe correctly. You don't just believe things by accident. You make an active decision to believe. So believe what God says. Don't believe what the enemy says. Don't even believe what your neighbor says. Believe what God says. Know what to believe. Why are you believing it? Can we wait in his presence together? If you're comfortable, would you just raise your hands toward heaven? The team are going to play. I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to minister to us just now. I want him to speak to me. I want him to speak to us about lies, stories that we hold on to that deserve to be kicked out the door of our heart. Father, in your presence now, we just wait. We want all that you have for us, the freedom, the richness, the inheritance, the promised land experience. We want that, but Lord, we can't take falsehoods with us to experience that. So would you teach us what we need to strip away and lay at the feet of the cross? Father, now in your presence, speak clearly. Turn over every stone that needs to be overturned. Where there is fear, apprehension may be cast off. We give it to you. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.